ادب نمبر چار سالق اگر کسی منزل میں جلدی کامیاب نہ ہو تو دل تنگ نہ ہو صبر اور مسکینی کو اپنائے رکھے ادب نمبر فور If a traveler on this path is not able to quickly succeed and attain any particular level, any way station on the path, then they should not lose heart. But instead they should have patience and endure and remain steadfast and they should present themselves in utter need and dependency on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So first of all, when we mention that a person is a salik, it means that they're traveling on the path. They're manazil on this path. Hari wrote a book called Manazil Sa'irin. Sa'ir is also from Sa'ir. So Manazil Manzil means can mean a number of things. Number one, it can mean that if a person is not able, when they've been given a sabak by their sheikh, and they're not able to feel anything in that sabak. Or it can also mean a manzil can mean a maqam of sabr, or shukr, or tawakkul, or yakin or muhabbat ilahi or ishq of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Manzil can mean fanaf al-shaykh, fanaf al-rasul, fanaf al-lah, baqabillah. There are many different ways that this path of the sawaf has different stages on it. Simply put, most important manzil is taqwa and sharia and sunnah. So if a person feels that they weren't able to reach the next level of taqwa, they weren't able to leave a particular sin, They weren't able to leave a particular memory of sin. They're not able to leave a particular yearning of sin. These can also be manazam. So for any of these things that if the traveler feels that he wanted, on that one night he made true tawbah, and as far as he was concerned that one true tawbah should have landed him on the manzil. But sure enough, within a little few days, he slips back into that sin, slips back into the thought, remembers that memory, so realizes he has not attained that manzil. He has not escaped, therefore he has not arrived. He has not escaped his past and present, therefore he has not arrived at the next station. So in such a situation, the Salak should not lose heart. He should realize, she should realize that this is a path, this is a journey that takes time, and they should have sabr. Sabr means that they should endure, they should persevere. They should have fortitude, they should have himma, they should have istikamah. And miskini meant that they should throw themselves at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They should realize that even their tears of tawbah are not enough to transform them and make them leap from one position to the other. It's only and only the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like we did today in Surah Yusuf, Illa manrahim rabbi That no one's tazkiyah is done except that person upon whom my Rabb sends his mercy, upon whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends his mercy. So rather than get sad, rather than get depressed, rather than give up, rather than lose hope, miskini means that this person should throw themselves in sajda. They should throw themselves in utter need and dependency in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, viewing themselves as having no power and no ability to change themselves, but that only and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change them. And sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does that to a person, that he will wait until that person presents themselves in pure miskini, in pure need of Allah, and then Allah Ta'ala will lift them out of their situation. Adam number punch. Salih ke paas apni hajat se ziyada maal ho, to usse fukara mit taksim karke akhirat ke zariya banay. 
Azmah number five, if the traveler on this path who is seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is seeking the bounties of the next world, if he has any wealth, possessions, assets that are beyond his necessity, then he should distribute that additional superfluous wealth amongst the poor and the needy, so make that a charity that is a means of, he should make that charity a means of his success in the akhirah and the hereafter. What does this mean? So the first word here is hajat. So hajat, when is zururiyat? And when is hajat? Zuriyat means your absolute bare necessity. Right? Hajat means that what you need to remain firm on your deen. What you need, what you, and for most people that means what you are used to. So for example, in the deen of Islam, when a woman is married, then it is recommended that she is given mehre mithil. And also in the deen of Islam, there's a teaching that you should, women should, and women's awliya, women's guardians, should marry them to men looking at riayat al that they should be looking at the similar status, uh, socioeconomic background. So hajat doesn't mean that Imran Sahib goes now and gives away every single thing and keeps one jora and one broken pair of chapels for himself and tells his mother, Kimi Sufi Ban Right? Hajat means that keeping their needs and necessities, but also whatever reasonable level of comfort you need in order to stay firm on your deen. Right? So for you that means AC, number one. Right? And without AC you're not going to be steadfast on your deen. Hmm? It may mean other things. It may mean laptop. It may mean phone. So those are part of your hajat. Those are part of your hajat. In fact, Hazrat Ashraf Ali used to say, that hajat al-zurut ki chizeh dhudo rakhne chahiye. Many ulama use this for keeping two mobile phones. They quote Hazrat Tanvirim Allahu Ta'ala. So you should keep your hajat, but anything that is beyond that, you should give it away. How do you know when it is za'id? It is za'id when you're not making any use of it. When it's not fulfilling any need of yours. When you're not deriving any benefit from it. And when you're not deriving any comfort from it, that means it's Zaid. So for example, you have ten sweaters, but you have your favorite three sweaters, and you pretty much only wear those three in the winter. It means the other seven are Zaid. You have six chadars. You only really wear one of those chadars. Occasionally you may wear the second one. The other four, five are Zaid. So this is an example I'm giving you in terms of clothing. You can use this example for any other thing that a person has. As far as money goes, money. How much money is Zayd? In other words, how much am I allowed to save? Right? How much can I save? So here for you, Aplokta, you're not in that category yet. You're all young men. You're saving up for a bright future. Hmm? But when you get older, right, savings is something that Nabiya Kareem Sassam said that you could save for up to a year. Or if there is something, again, that is part of your deen or something that you will derive benefit for, you can save up for that. For example, if you want to save money for Farz Hajj, you want to save money for Umrah, you want to save money to travel to Zambia for Itikaf, hmm? you want to save money for these type of things. So that is all part of Hajat. Anything that is lit deen, anything that is for the sake of deen, that is Hajat. As far as your dunya goes... For that, there was a one year. That was one year. If you want to save, you want to build an adara, 
you want to save, you want to fund the students of knowledge, you need to save, you want to fund the ulama of this ummah. So for all of those things you can save beyond one year. But as far as your worldly needs, right, one way of the Nabiya Kareem Sassam mentioned is that you can save up to a year. But here I wouldn't worry so much about the cash right now, but we should worry about our items. And that's really what uh, the, the sense of mal here is both your monetary wealth, but also your possessions, right? Also your possessions. And many times a person has too many things, has too much stuff, is encumbered and burdened with too many <coughs> possessions. Adab number 10. Salik ko chahiye ki laziz ta'am, laziz mashrubat, or lahu or lab ko tar kare or zikr ki lazat hasil karne ka talib bane. Adab number 6. The travelers on this path, it befits them that savory foods and tasty beverages and the enjoyments and pleasures of this world, that he should leave all of these things and in place of that he should become the ardent seeker of the pleasure of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does this mean? This is suggesting that basically you have a nafs and you have a ruh. And you cannot please both of them at the same time. Either you're going to indulge the pleasures of your nafs or you're going to indulge the pleasures of your ruh. And there's a very, very strict correlation there. In other words, that if you wean yourself off from the pleasures of the nafs, then it will be easier for you to tap in and feel the pleasures of the ruh. Some of you may be experiencing that here, especially our poor iftar group. When you have a meager, simple iftar, you can enjoy your isha and taraweeh more. And if you go and have the fancy, flavorful iftar, and even in your taraweeh, you're thinking about the pakora and the chutney and all of that. Allah hmm? Akbar. Second thing, it also means it has to do with talab. It has to do with what is your passion, what is your yearning, what is your craving. So if somebody puts tasty food in front of you, or somebody puts a tasty beverage in front of you, it doesn't mean you should leave it when it's in front of you. It doesn't mean to tark it when it's in front of you, but it means is to leave craving it, yearning it, aspiring for it, seeking it, leave its talab, leave its talazuz, leave seeking its lazat. Leave seeking it, leave craving his pleasure. That said, if somebody cooks a good meal and it's in front of you and you eat it, you can enjoy it when you eat it. But prior to that, you shouldn't be craving it. It shouldn't be that you have cravings. BBQ ki craving ho And kal falatis ki craving ho And ye ghumrai ki kal kya khange. Right? That should not be in a person's mind. That craving should be gone. Why? Because when you remove those cravings from the heart, then the only thing you will be craving then will be Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can think like this, that our cravings and our passions and our yearnings and our seeking of pleasures, that is for our ruh alone. And if Allah ta'ala sends some pleasure from this category of laziz, ta'am and mashrubat in front of us, then viewing it as the ni'mat and bounty and blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will partake of it, 
But we won't have craved it beforehand. It will have come to us min janabillah. And then you will also enjoy it more. You see, there's one thing that you go out and seek the food. And there's another thing that Allah Ta'ala somehow arranges that food to be sent to you. We have a body of ours. That it so happens that every now and then, when we are traveling and we come back and we're tired, I don't know, Allah Ta'ala ke dil mein baat dal hai. And she sends kabuli palau. Allah Akbar. So we Allah The second thing that was mentioned here, however, lahu and love. This means something else. This is talking about hobbies and pastimes and pursuits. So what is it that a person enjoys in this world? So their enjoyment, their pastime, their hobby for the salik should be the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As opposed to thoroughly enjoying cricket or thoroughly enjoying forget even haram things, right? Like thoroughly enjoying things that are haram, such as movies and etc, etc. Right? Movies, music, etc. But even from the permissible, even from the permissible, so you can view this, you can maybe say this thing, joys and pastimes. That their joy and pastime should be the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not surfing, not blogging, not anything else. Again, so it's all about the heart. All of these, other, this particular adab is making the khulasa of this adab, the lubbi lubab, the hasil, the sum of this adab, is that your heart and its feelings and emotions and passions, that is reserved for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so from in the beginning, the salik has to strive to make him herself like this. It doesn't come initially. It's not going to come on of its own. This is itself a type of mujahada. This is itself a type of effort that a person has to make on themselves to wean themselves off from these joys and pastimes and to engage more and more and more and in, begin, in the beginning forcibly engage oneself in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if even just in a few weeks, a few months a person does that, then they will become the reality of these adha. Then really, and can you imagine such a human being, that's a salak who is flying that actually he has made himself such that now his only passion is in zikr of an ibadat and taqwa. That his only enjoyment, his only lazzat, his only pleasure is in zikr, ibadat, taqwa, sunnah. He enjoys it. That person will start flying on the path towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.